good to have you with us. Now, let me explain what's going to happen this morning. We started, last week was our first meeting here in this building. That was somewhat muted, but that's good. So we were back after Christmas, new um, venue, new year, excited to get going, all that God has called us to. We finished out last year in the youth center. We were there for four and a bit years. God did some incredible stuff with us. If you'd like to catch up, there's a, a sermon online called Leaving the Youth Center, which is kind of a review of what God had done, and it's amazing, but we feel God's called us to grow, and we've grown, and we grew out of that place, so we've come here, a bit more room, as you can see, and we're, we're kind of excited for what God's going to do this year and beyond in Real Life Church. And what we wanted to do to start the year was we, we were going through the book of Hebrews, which we are going to finish, but at the beginning of the year, we wanted to stop for a moment and just kind of review and remind ourselves of what we value as a church, what's important as a church, sort of where we're going as a church. So we're going to do a, a little three-week series, which we started last week, this week, next week we'll finish out, and then after that, we'll be back into the book of Hebrews. And we called it In This House. And in this house is our church, our people, who we are, and what we wanted to talk about was our spiritual home in this house. In all our homes, we have different kind of things we value, things that, we are, that are important to us, and what's our things? What do we think is the distinctives of us or what we value that might mark us out as different, or actually hopefully a lot of churches do, but this is sort of something we want to hold on to. And we looked at that last week. We looked at in this house, uh, we have a God-given purpose and direction. God has called us as a people, and we believe that our purpose and direction are our purposes. We believe real life is about having a relationship with Jesus, following the model of Jesus, and changing our world with Jesus. So that's kind of what we're about. We're always going to be about Jesus, always about having a relationship with him, which then transforms us and then transforms the world around us. Our direction is to become a large, influential, reproducing church, what God spoke to us about. And if you want to kind of listen to more of that, grab last week's sermon there online. Then we, we looked at two other things. We've, uh, in this house, we preach God's word which we want to do week in, week out faithfully because we believe it's authority, it's life transforming, it's something that corrects us, grows us. It's just, it's the basis of what we do. It's the ultimate highest authority, we said, and we got you to hand, I'm kill hitting that thing. You know, we got you to hold your Bibles above your head and say, this is, you know, God's word is above us. We don't judge it, it judges us. And then the last one was, in this house, we worship Jesus, which we are, I asked Matt and Phil to come and share a little bit about how we do the worship, the public song worship and what that means for us. And, and that's important to us today. So that was last week's. If you missed that, please catch up on that. This week, we want to just look at two things. And the two things that we're going to look at are, in this house, we serve the young. And in this house, we are good to our community. Now, I'm not actually going to be doing these. I realized when I was kind of putting these together, actually, and I looked at these three thinking, I shouldn't be doing some of these things. The people who kind of are responsible for these areas should be doing these things, like Matt and Phil with the worship. And these two, these are both looked after by my wife, Melanie. She serves us in leading the young and oversees all our work with the under-18s from 0 to 18. Um, she's in like that. And also all our work into the community, how we serve and bless and love the community. So basically, I've asked Mel to come and kind of talk about those things things for us as a church, which are vital to who we are and where we're going and what God's called us to. So Mel's going to come up. Can you give her a hand, please? Uh, good morning, Real Life Church. It's lovely to be here, lovely to see you all. Um, this morning, I've just entitled my message, Don't Waste Away. And throughout this morning, I literally just want to keep repeating that. And I, I feel like it's something 
that in this house, God really wants to impress upon our hearts that we are not to waste away, that we are not to be a people that decrease, but a people that increase, a people that multiply, a people who get bigger, get larger, get greater, and that we're not to become one of those churches that wastes away, one of those churches where if you track it forward in 50 years' time, the congregation has died out and they no longer exist. We are not to become one of those. And we could sit here quite complacently going, well, check us out. We've got loads of kids. We've got a future. We've got a hope. I don't think it's time for us to be complacent. I don't think it's time for us to sit back and say, we've got it all sussed. We've got the next generation. I don't think we can be that naive. And I don't think we can be that, uh, for want of a better word, lazy. I think we need to keep on with the things that God has called us to. So if you have your Bible with you or you've got it on your eye something, um, you can look up Jeremiah 29, verse 5 to 7. Jeremiah's in the Old Testament. He's one of the prophets. When I was new to reading my Bible, I would always go to the contents at the front of the book and look up the page number for the book. There is no shame in starting out there. You don't want to stay there 10 years on, but no shame in it at all. So Jeremiah 29, 5 to 7. I'm going to read it in three different versions because it makes the same point in slightly different ways. So I'm reading it from the ESV. So if you've got the English Standard Version, you'll be fine. I'll also read it from the New Living, the NLT, and I'm also going to read it from the Message. So a couple of translations and then a paraphrased. So Jeremiah 29, 5 to 7 says this, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. That's in the ESV. I'm going to read it from the NLT. It says this, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have grandchildren. Multiply and do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for in its welfare, for its welfare will determine your welfare. And then lastly in the message, build houses and make yourself at home. Plant in gardens and eat whatever grows in that country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you'll thrive in the country and not waste away. Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. So we could put pray for Birmingham's or pray for Sutton Coalfield's well-being. If things go well for Babylon, then things will go well for you. This is the sum, really, of all I want to say this morning, is real life church multiply and do not dwindle away. Do not decrease. Do not waste away. Thrive increase, multiply, encourage. In this place, we are to be those 
who multiply. We are to increase. We are to pass on. We are to tell of all that he's done from one generation to another generation. We are to train and teach the young in the way that they should walk. If you're sitting here and you're not a parent and you're thinking to yourself, I am off the hook. That does not apply to me. Wrong. If you do not have actual children of your own, look around. There are loads of them. Look around and employ yourself on behalf of God to take care of the young. Whatever that looks like, in whichever way you can, we each have a responsibility to pass on from one generation to the next generation all the marvelous things that God has done in our lives. I was a mummy way before Levi and Asher hit the scene. I have been involved in investing in the young since I got saved because actually it is a God-given role and a God-given mandate that we should make sure the next generation knows how incredible God is and knows how to walk and follow him. It is not a calling that we sit with our Bibles and wait for. It is a given that we would pass on to the next generation. If you are alive, if you draw breath, if you love Jesus, there is a God-given responsibility for you to pass on from one generation to the next. There was a great quote on our WhatsApp group this week. I don't know if you're in a life group that makes use of WhatsApp. Our life group makes use of WhatsApp. That's all I'm going to say. And there was a great quote this week written by one of our friends in our, in our life group. And I just loved it. It really struck a chord. It was so helpful because I was prepping for this message. It's so helpful. It said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. And it's, it's a really good provocation to us. So it may not be something literal that you build or you do, but it may be someone you raise, someone you lift up, someone you train, someone you encourage. That may be your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God. I imagine the person who invested in Billy Graham, for example, is quite satisfied with their job on earth being to invest in a man who then went on to see millions and millions of people come to Christ. Your job may be to raise someone else. The young are our future and they are God's future on the earth. For the church to increase, multiply, fill the earth, for heaven to be populated, we must invest in the next generation. The generation that forgets God's heart for the young is the one who leads a church that dies out when the oldest person hits the grave. If you look around many established church buildings, what you will see is a people who have forgotten that the young are the future. They've forgotten that when they die and are buried and go to be with their saviour, they're supposed to leave a deposit on the earth that continues and continues and continues. We are supposed to have young men and young women everywhere. We are supposed to see that as part of our role and responsibility for making sure heaven is fully populated 
with men and women who love and know Jesus Christ. The young in this place are not a nuisance or something to be contained or looked after. They are literally our future. And we need to get our eyes fixed on that. We need to remember God's heart for that. And we need to apply some work and effort and energy into that. I look after the young here with a huge amount of help. And I got saved when I was 20. Uh, I was just shy of 21. So I was 20 and a bit, 20 and three quarters. And since I've been saved, I've been involved in working with the young. So working with teenagers, working with children, working with young men and women, which means I've been doing that. I know this is a shock to you all for 22 years, which makes me 42 years old, which means for the last 22 years, I have made it part of my mission to make sure that the young know how amazing, how fantastic Jesus is. And I do that in this place with a huge amount of help. Um, I literally would not be able to do what we do without um, the people who support and lead and are part of teams in this place. So I'm going to run through a few really practical things and just show you what we get up to. This, by the way, is not a recruitment drive. I'm not looking at the end for a load of people to come and say, I want to do kids work. I'm trying to get you to understand this is God's heart and this is God's desire that we would not waste away, that we would not be part of a church that dies out with the oldest generation in it, that we would not be those who are not seen on the earth in a hundred years' time, that we would be those that just increase and multiply and carry on, that we would be those who tell of all the wonderful things that Jesus has done with us from one generation to the next generation to the next generation that we would fulfill something of that Jeremiah picture of making homes, taking wives, having children, like that, that increase and that multiplication, that we would literally be a part of that story. So we run Sunday mornings here where we have on our books around 90 young men and women. It's a lovely amount that God has given us to work with. And it, quite frankly, is amazing from a kid's work that started with an eight-month-old boy called Levi. It is amazing to me every day when I see it. I think this is an incredible thing that God has done. We have babies and toddlers, and they are what we would say are under threes. Currently, they're in a parent-led room or part of the meeting, and we are looking to work out what that now means in this house. And so if you're sitting there full of ideas for it, please come and speak to me. I would love to chat to you about that. I have a few of my own. We run early years, which are three-year-olds up to reception, so three to five, that kind of age group. And then we run a schoolwork which is year one, and they're about six, all the way up to year six, and they're about 10, 11, that kind of age range. And then we run a youth work. All of these are led by team leaders. So would you stand for me for a second if you are a team leader in kids and youth? So I'm just going to thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. We also have out there this morning, so we have Andrew and Becca. We have Anna and Wendy. We obviously have Ben, who's out with one of his kids. We have, um, who else is out there? We've got Lorraine as well. Is there anyone else out there I've missed? Well, if I've missed them, I'm incredibly sorry. We have a bunch of people you can sit down now that team lead age groups and look after a team of people that work hard. Would you stand for me if you are on a team? So you're on a team in kids' work. You serve us here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give these guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. You can sit too. We, uh, when I look at our teams that lead the young, the team leaders and the teams are some of our best people. And it thrills my heart because I know that they are men and women who've understood that we must pass on from one generation to the next. That we must see the kingdom of God advancing and continuing. And that we must see heaven populated with all the people that God wants there. And so in order to do that, we have to, we have to keep reaching out, we have to keep increasing, we have to keep multiplying, because they're all out there somewhere. They're all waiting to hear the good news of Jesus. Just as an aside, the youth work, we have made a decision not to appoint a youth leader, um, but to appoint team leaders. And so Joe, if you just stand for me for a second, Joe is leading our Friday night team. So he's going to be responsible for shaping and leading what Friday nights look like. So young men and women, he will be in touch with you, your families, to just tell you what that all looks like. That's going to be Joe's role and Joe's responsibility. He will gather a team, and between them, they will look after the young. And we have... And then Gemma, who's not here this morning, Gemma, you will know Gemma because she's very pregnant, due date today. And, and initially when she wasn't here, I was like, oh, but then I saw Pete and I thought, either about to get the worst husband award and she's in labor and he's come to church or she's not very well. So she's having a rest. But Gemma is heading up our Sunday morning teaching um, and she is going to look after Sunday mornings, plus the kind of discipleship side of what it means to help raise the next generation. So she will also be gathering a team of teachers. We wanted to take a moment to just say thank you in this part to Ben and Charlotte. We've only got Charlotte here because Ben is out with... Oh, he's poorly. So Ben is not here because he is poorly. Um, so we've got Charlotte here. What Ben and Charlotte did for us when we suddenly had a youth work is they did what they always do and they said we will step in and we will lead and we will love these guys. Both Ben and Charlotte have worked with young people for years. Both Ben and Charlotte have a heart for the kingdom of God and a heart for increase and multiply. They also have such a heart to stand alongside us and do the things that we need to make things happen. So they have stood in the gap for us multiple times and we'll do it over and over again it's part of what they feel called to and part of what we are very happy for them to do with us but we wanted to just honor Ben and Charlotte and say thank you for with very little notice kicking off a youth work 
taking them to New Day, gathering them in their homes and beginning something that now Gemma and Joe will take on. And so we've got, we just got a gift for you um, here that we just, we just wanted to say thank you seniors. We honestly think you're amazing. Always have done, always will. And I know, young men and women, that Ben and Charlotte will still feature in your lives and in youth nights and teaching, partly because they won't be able to stop themselves and partly because they have something to bring and something to offer to the young. So we, we run Sunday mornings, but we also run events because we recognize that not all the young that God wants to save and bring through into his kingdom are here yet. Some of them are out there. Some of them are shopping this morning. Some of them are at the park. Some of them are at a play barn. Some of them are at home watching TV. They're not here yet. So we put on multiple events for kids and families to introduce them to something of what we're like as a people. We kind of want to give them a glimpse of God, a glimpse of us, and a glimpse of what we do with kids. And so we put on things like Messy Christmas, Messy Easter, Easter egg hunts. We run kids work stuff at the Bulmer High Street in uh, Sutton Community Games. We do those things because we love our community and we want to make sure that they, they know that God is real, he exists and he can be met in the person of Jesus. So we do all of these things to really just give people a little bit of a glimpse of us, what God is like and what God does. And many of you serve at these events and help make those events happen. And I need you to understand that they're all part of not wasting away. They're all part of us opening up our doors and saying, we do not want to dwindle, we do not want to decrease, we want to increase. So every time you serve on a table, you serve refreshments, you, you get involved with these one-off events, you are helping us not to waste away. You are helping us to increase, multiply. You're placing an emphasis on the young. We have among us as well people who are teachers, people who are trainers, we have amongst us grandparents, aunties, uncles, parents. We have amongst us OTs, physios, nurses who invest in the young in their workplaces, invest in the young in their home. So we as a church have multiple ways that we are investing in the young and raising up the next generation. If you do a job where you serve and look after young men and women, you need to look at that with the eyes of God. You need to look at it as a kingdom adventure. You need to look at it and actually I am not letting us waste away, dwindle or decrease. I am helping the kingdom increase. I think your workplace becomes a much more exciting place when you go there with the eyes of God on it. When you go there with a kingdom perspective, when you go there thinking, I am making sure we do not waste away. My question then, at the end of that chunk, is who will you raise? Who will you raise? And you might sit there and think, well, I'll raise my kids. Brilliant, do that. With all the grace that you can draw from God, do that. You might be sitting there thinking, well... I've got friends who've got kids, I, I could invest in them. You might be in your 60s thinking the young for me, they're in their 30s. 
and I'm going to help raise them. I'm going to help them in their marriage. I'm going to support them in what they do. My job in raising the young will be with someone who has their own family, and I'm going to stand next to them, and I'm going to offer support. I'm going to offer guidance. I'm going to offer help. There'll be multiple ways that you get to raise the young. What you cannot do is sit there and think, well, I'm not called to that. I don't do that. One generation will tell of his good works to another. Do not dwindle, do not waste away, multiply and fill the earth. It is a God-given calling to every Christian who lives and breathes. I, I have a list and, and I, don't, I wouldn't go public with my list. However, if you're on my list, you'll know you're on my list. I am intentional about the people I'm raising up. I always have been. Um, and so I, I have a list of a few young men and women that I purposefully invest in, that I purposefully give time to, that I purposefully give encouragement to. And I'm intentional about it. It's easy because I'm focused and I literally just either pull them in my life or I step into their life. And it's so beneficial. You... Like, when you're a mummy, you get to watch your kids learn and grow. When you're in the kingdom, you also get to do that in the family of God. So you get to watch other people step into things because you have breathed on them, because you have encouraged them. I tell you, there is nothing like seeing who you are multiplied. There's nothing like it. If you see someone start to step out in things because you have given them that encouragement, given them that support, given them that help, it, it literally is beneficial to the person who steps out in it and hugely beneficial to you. It is one of those win-win situations. If you help to raise someone else, it is a pleasure like nothing else and it is not restricted to parents. The only real restriction is whether or not you'll actually do something with what God has done in you. Most of you sitting there have something you could pass on to someone else. Everybody in this room has, there's another person in the room who would benefit from your time, your wisdom, your input, your encouragement, your help, your support. You're neither too old for this, too young for this. You don't need to know your Bible inside out because there's always someone who knows it less than you. You don't need to be able to prophesy like Jeremiah because there's always someone who can do it less than you can do it. There's always something you can pass on, something that you've grasped in God, something that you've learned in God, something that you know in God. There's always things that you can breathe on other people. And I want to challenge you this morning to think about it and be intentional about it and allow it to be beneficial in your life. Allow yourself to be built up because you watch God build others. It is, it's crazy fun, I promise you, to raise up someone else, to see them flourish, to see them function while you also function. I would encourage being intentional about it and making a list, saying these are the people that I could give a little bit of time and encouragement to and help raise. These are the things I could do. So 
This week, have a think about it. Have a think about being intentional. Have a think about the young. And if you're 50, have a think about some people who are 30. If you're, you know, it doesn't have to be children. It can be that actually you are in your 30s and you invest in someone in their 20s. They are, if my maths is, you know, up to scratch, younger than you. Therefore, they are the young. And, and you can track that forward. Being good to our community, these two for me just dovetail, to be honest, because God's heart for us to increase, multiply, and not dwindle away covers everything. It doesn't just cover the young. It covers men and women, old and young, richer. It covers everyone. So the, the passage in Jeremiah talks about us being good to the city or good to the community that we're a part of. And that in being good to them, we would also find our welfare, find our goodness, find our strength. We're to pray to the Lord for it. That, that comes up in, in all three versions of that. That comes up every time. I want to stir you to be at our prayer meeting because prayer works, because prayer matters, because in praying for Sutton Coalfield, in praying for our church, it engages your heart in a different level. It engages it spiritually. You get to touch something of the heart of God when you engage in prayer for something. And so we would love to outgrow our home and, and move our prayer meeting. Um, if we could extend our house, you know, financially we would and just grow bigger and bigger and bigger. However, we won't. And so we will move our prayer meeting when we're bursting out. We would like to burst out and we would like the prayer meeting to be the engine room of this place. We would like it to be the, the place that, that drives us forward where God speaks to us. And, and the prayer meeting for us has been that. Like we have had so much prophetic stuff given there. So many things that we've acted on. I've preached whole messages because something came up at the prayer meeting and God said, that's it. That is what I want you to speak on. There's been um, decision-making happening in our prayer meeting because someone's brought something and we've thought, there it is. That is what we're supposed to do. That is what we're supposed to give time to. It is, for us, the place where we gather for information, to hear God's heart, and to seek God for the good of our church, the good of our community, the good of our city. It should be our most popular meeting because it is the place where we are going to do business with Jesus for the good of our community. And I recognize in this room there will be reasons why you can't get there, and I get that. There'll be reasons with childcare, work in life. But where it is within your power to do so, you should be at the prayer meeting. You should come and pray with us. You should come and seek the good of our city, because in its welfare, we will find ours. In its good, we will have good done to us. There's a definite connection when we care about the things that God cares about. We increase, we multiply, we grow. It's, it's a relationship thing. When we connect with his heart, when we care about what his heart cares about, we increase. 
we, we wrap this kind of whole sense of community with being good to our community. That's the phrase we use. We want to be good to our community. And not necessarily because we want to trick them all into becoming Christians. So we run an event and then on the side of it go, ta-da, you're a sinner, you need to be saved. We want to be good to our community because this is where God has placed us and this is what God has asked us to do. However, part of being good to our community is that they know about Jesus Christ and they know that he's real and he's alive and that he has the ability and power to, sta- to save You see, God loves lost people and longs to be in relationship with them. He is a relational God, and he is looking to populate the new heaven and the new earth with people who know him, love him, and follow him. He's not looking for a tiny number. And I know the heart of people when they say, if Jesus Jesus would die on the cross just for you, I know where that heart is. I don't actually believe it. What I think Jesus Christ went to the cross for was for a people, not a person, a people that would belong to God. What he went to the cross for is so that the sins of the world would be dealt with and God could have all his people flood back in. And he went for you by name, no doubt about it, but he went for a community. He went for the multitudes. He went so that these kind of places would be full up and then needing to burst out he went for that because there is more glory in millions and millions of worshippers when you're God than there is one so he went for the multitudes that's why we got empty seats here that's why we moved from Clifton Road Youth Centre because in this place we're going after the heart of God for multitudes We'll always do the small life groups. We'll always do the small units. But God died for a multitude. He died for a people that would populate the new heaven and the new earth. Most of them are out there. A small percentage of them are in here. And so we want to be good to our community and reach out in any which way we can. Anything we can get behind, get in on the back of, stand in, we want to be out there. So I do this with the help of a lot of people. And I do all of my stuff with the help of a huge amount of people who work really hard and end up making me look very good. So thank you, all of you. But in this particular area, I work with a guy called Paul Long. So he's not here this morning, but he works with me on what it means to be good to our community because he has a heart and a love for Sutton that is massive. Um, And so I work with Paul Long. I work with Charlie. I can't even see Charlie, which is ridiculous when he's so tall. I work with Charlie. I've started working with Jean-Marie. I work with Matt and Phil loads. Um, because they are way more musically talented than anyone I know, to be honest. And I love when we get our band out on the street. I, I think sometimes people have a view of church that is so distorted and wrong. I love it when we take our essence out there and say, this is more what we look like as a local church, what our expression is. And then different kinds of people can hear it and go, is that church? 
I, I love us getting out there. I think the only way they will know is if someone tells them. If we get out there, the only way they'll have their minds changed is if we provoke, is if we challenge. And so we go on the high street in Boldmere. To be honest, we'd go on the high street anywhere, but Boldmere has just opened up to us. Uh, we do knit night on the high street. Bliss runs out, which is, you know, just a lovely group of women meeting together, crafting, talking, sharing lives together. We do the food bank. Where's Jax? Jax heads that up. Jax there. We're the team of people, and we want to help feed those who need some help. We are starting to do grown-up events, so we did our cheese and wine event. You should keep your eyes open for a quiz night. Keep your eyes open for a music event. Just keep your eyes open for grown-up events that you can then invite your people into. And they get to look at what we're like as church and what God is like. We get involved in things like the community games. We get involved in the fun run. We stand alongside other events and add weight to it and strength to it. But we stand there because we want them to know that our God is good and that he's real and that he's alive. We run alphas um, so that people can get to know who God is and ask their questions. We give prizes to school fairs. And you might think to yourself, what? I tell you, we wrap up some lovely prizes. We put our flyers in them. We put our branding on them. I have had so much positive feedback from the prizes that we've given into school fairs of people going, that was so generous, that was so kind, that was so amazing. In fact, only last summer, one of the girls who did Alpha then won our prize in a school fair. She said her and her husband were just marveling at how generous and kind our church was. I know that it's not much of a step to get to how generous and kind God is. I know that leap doesn't take a lot. And so all the time, we're just trying to work out ways that can be good to our community. We donate to things like St. Basil's and the Jericho Foundation and the Bridge Project because we're just trying to work out ways that we can be good. I don't doubt that we'll end up with actual things that we do, but, but we will also end up with lots of ways that we will say to the community, we're here, we want to be good to you, and by the way, our God is good. And we will just keep on doing that. And many of you serve at these events and get involved in these things. And we are so grateful to you. You help us not to dwindle away. So my question is, what will you do to help us multiply and not dwindle away? How will you play your part in your life group? What will you do? Together this week, I'd love you to just talk about ways in which we can invest in the young and be good to our community and not waste away, not dwindle away, just share ideas of little things as a life group that you could get involved in, you could do. Will you come and pray with us and seek the welfare of our city because in its welfare we'll find ours. Will you come knowing that it actually changes lives and makes a difference? One of our... our um, uh, young people, uh, one of the kids out in the school age group, um, just said that he felt in moving to this place, God was giving us a bigger heart, and it's really resonated with me. And I think not only will we fill more seats here, but our heart will increase here. 
And therefore, what we do will increase here. What we do amongst the poor, what we do amongst the lost, what we do amongst the young, what we do amongst the vulnerable will increase because God will increase it. So that's all I want to say, Stuart Clay. Thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to do something and be intentional about it. Okay. Um, can we give Melanie a hand, please? Thank you. <laughs> I said this last week about Matt and Phil, and I'm going to say it this week again about my wife, Melanie. The reason that we are the way we are as a church is because of her. God gives us gifts in so many different ways. One of the ways is people. His gifts are people. He blesses you in your life because of the people he brings into you and the influence they give to you. And one of the reasons of the way we are in serving the young and serving the community is the gifts that God has put on Melanie. And it helps shape our church as we move forward, just like with Manifel it was in worship. And so I just want to probably honor that, that the reason that we've gone from one child in our children's work to 90 out there is partly in cause of what God has got on Melanie. And so I just want to thank you and the gift you are to us as a people. Okay, let's finish. You want to stand up and can the band come up um, and get ready? And we're going to spend some time worshipping Jesus. While we're doing that, if you're out there, do you want to just maybe just close your eyes and open your hands? I'm just going to kind of sort of pray as we finish um, together today. A couple of key things that we've touched on this morning about God's heart for the young, for the community, so very much of who we are as a church, but who God uh, is in himself, his care for people. And I just want to pray that into us today, that God would put a, a fresh deposit in our hearts. Maybe there's something that you haven't seen before that you've suddenly seen how you can be involved in this, even if you're not directly working with children who are young, but there's so many other people you can invest in. And in terms of our community, all that we do outside of us and all that we do kind of in blessing that, that's so vital to who we are. And I'm praying, I pray that God puts something in our heart to be like, we want to be good to our community because God is good to us. That's where it starts. We just want to be good. And out of that, we want them to know Jesus for themselves. And I just want to pray that in for us today. So Holy Spirit of God, we, we ask you to come and fill us now as your people. But we want to say we love you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you that you died for us as a people and you brought us into this great community you call the church. Lord, we thank you that our little expression here is part of a great global community of a billion plus believers all around the world who gather today on your day to worship you. Lord, and we thank you for your death that makes that possible, that we can join with them something so much bigger and wider. We thank you that you saved us, that you called us to this great purpose, this great mission telling others about you Lord Jesus we thank you so much for that and Lord in our little church here and what you're doing in this place with us Lord we pray you put these truths deep in our heart Lord that you are a God who just wants us to love and serve the young to invest in the others to pass on what we've learned what we've seen what we've experienced to our children to those around us who don't know to just invest in them again and again and see that fruit multiply Lord Jesus, we pray for those who work with children day in, day out in schools and other places, parents and all those who invest in all of us who kind of involve in mentoring programs at work and beyond. 
invest in others, Lord. We, we ask you give us grace for that. Lord, when it comes to us serving our community, you've got our church kind of community around here in this area, but we're all involved in our own little communities, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools. There's, there's so many communities of people that we're involved in, Lord. We ask by your grace that we would be good to them that we would be known as men and women who are a blessing to be a part of this team, this club, this school, this, this family, whatever it is, this neighborhood system, whatever it is, God. We want to be men and women who are great blessings there. We want to be good for the sake of being good, but we also want to be good because it points to how good you are, Lord Jesus. Give us grace today for that, Holy Spirit. Give us eyes to see to new opportunities that you might be calling us to in this weeks and months ahead. Whatever that is, Lord Jesus, I want to say we love you and we praise you.